0: anything
1: i'm looking searching
0: well i got something yeah it says why are you doing this again you've embarrassed yourself 18 times already
1: uh why not go for 19.
0: it's not really a fortune
1: no it's
0: just sort of an admonition
1: Segway, sorts
0: all right well that's what we're working with tonight welcome to tonight's annual predictions from the two most credible college advisors on the internet as you can undoubtedly tell just by looking at us pearl and andy lockwood uh, welcome we're going to be going over our thoughts on what's ahead for 2024 hello Madam pearl oh
1: hello swami andy
0: Sooth and
1: saying andy yeah hi everybody
0: so, so who do we have with us say hi in the chat let us know that we're coming in loud and clear um We've a lot of people register for tonight, a lot of people who can hopefully handle the sooth, the whole sooth and nothing but the sooth. Let us know that we're not just talking to each other, which does happen a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, honestly... Don't um, be
1: shy. Tell us hi. Wow. You're
0: going to do that all night? No. Are, <laughs> you is previ- kinda, are you
1: predicting that I might? No,
0: I'm, I'm hoping you're not, actually. It's, it's, more, it's, a, it's a fervent... <laughs> <laughs> request. Yeah. So this is what we do for fun for each other. This is like a big night for us. So hopefully you get some uh, entertainment and some value out of this. Hello, I see Pearl. I see uh Maria, favorite Greek lady. Okay. Ah. Oh. Kathy, Chris from West LA. Brian Vitali, hello. From uh, from first responding from LaGuardia. It looks like uh marjorie all right good marjorie i talked to her matt marjorie we gotta we gotta catch up okay so wade lisa gary long-time listener kate jersey all right good hello guys all right pearl so um we have not looked at each other's predictions no you accused me uh earlier
1: I, i just questioned
0: okay there was an undertone no as, as with almost def- everything,
1: Dependent.
0: yeah, as with almost every comment from her to me, there's always an undertone. Um, and and this was no different. You did accuse me without accusing me mm. of looking at your predictions. I think my glasses, anyway. So, um, so why don't we go through your – You want to just go through yours first, and then we'll go through mine. You, uh, you off?
1: I think there's likely that there's going to be some overlap. Yeah, so why so don't we do yours first? Maybe we should do chime in, chime in, like.
0: You do yours and I'll comment. And then, then you can comment on mine. Okay, that's Your heart's concept.
1: All right. And
0: um, if you guys have questions, you know, lobemin will we'll uh you no know, pride of authorship here, we'll definitely include your questions.
1: And then of course we have always the beloved, and I don't know if you've prepared this like a what's hot, what's not
0: Which colleges are hot which, and which colleges are colleges not. Are hot, oh I cover those in my not. predictions.
1: Okay, so I don't really, I have it as like an ancillary, not a specific prediction, but just as a general, which schools are hot, which are not. Okay, I'm just going to take it from the top of that. How's
0: that? Start with your first prediction, your first bold prediction. And let's just assume that um, none of us could have predicted what this year was like overall last year. So hopefully as you yeah. watch this, you are not taking notes and recording um, this for next year's
1: right. Was what's relevant today maybe irrelevant in a year or not yet relevant? Mm. Um, all right, so let's just let's keep it positive, and we're going to start with what's hot. What's hot and in a traditional historical trend, schools that perform athletically on the field seem to be performing well in attracting admissions candidates. So, to that end, we've got. University of Georgia, still a recurring applicant favorite, as well as Bama coming coming up uh, just short of, of, a, of a big uh, championship this year, but having a lot to say for themselves. I'm not even going to try to attempt to talk sports here. I'll just continue with my list. And then, of course. Any
0: truth to the rumor had, that you're in line for the Alabama head football? Coach um, job? Absolutely. Uh,
1: almost uh, very Great chance, no chance. There's no chance. So, you're saying no? I'm saying absolutely no. In English. Um, and then, of course, a school that's hot, has always been hot, is still hot, and even hotter if that's possible is, of course, University of Michigan, go blue. What's not so hot?
0: Is that a prediction or are you just stating a fact?
1: These are predictions. No, that it's even hotter because it is now the national championship. Okay. And of course, so my, let me just what's hot? So my prediction
0: right. with that is the applications will go up because of the Flutie effects, mm-hmm. which many people who have uh, participated in these with us, like Gary, understand that that's what it's called when a football team does well, the follow, or any athletic team, but usually football team does well, the following year, the uh, applications go up. And that was named after Doug Flutie, 1984, I think, Boston College.
1: Nice. So you're
0: predicting, and I agree, that uh, applications will be up at Michigan. At those schools,
1: Michigan and Alabama and Georgia still in that yep. favored athletic spirit. Flutie okay. effect. Flutie effect. What's not so hot? So this- What will this, not be hot? What will not be hot? Which schools will not be hot? Which schools will not be hot? Or, the way I will say this before I say these two schools, it's, it's hard to say that they're just not gonna be hot because these schools are traditionally super, super hot.
0: Are you you running for office? Just say in the prediction. You're hedging already. I am. Will Um, you, if nominated, will you accept the vice presidential nomination?
1: These two schools, for once in their lives, are causing pause uh, to some applicants and to some prospective applicants and candidates. Uh, But that's Harvard and University of Pennsylvania this year taking the – Top spots, in in as in my opinion, for what's not so hot, and not not trending favorably, for um, very okay. obvious reasons. I hate
0: to do this, but I vehemently disagree with you. There is no That's way. That's
1: why I, I said caveat. Still hot. Then either less you're hot. making a prediction or less not. hot. Are you
0: wishy washy? Are you partially pregnant? Uh, okay, either, no, it's a, either a prediction, but or you it's not. can
1: be. You know, you can be a ten, and you could be an eight. Okay. And eight is still very good in a lot of books, but if it used to be a 10, it's
0: there's no way. great. I'm gonna, I'm, I I'm. know there's been articles about the early applications down and whatever, but I'm going to go on, on record with my prediction of saying there will be zero change. Anyone, uh, the top students, the top aspirational students will still apply to Harvard, and if they get in, they're still going to and go to Harvard.
1: And they're lucky stars and matriculate accordingly. Probably.
0: Side prediction, who's going to be the new president? of Harvard, Iraq, Obama.
1: Is that your prediction? Yep. Really? Yeah. You really kept that one under your- Turban? Turban.
0: Are we culturally misappropriating? Probably. Wow.
1: I'm predicting more accusations of that sort in the Coming years. I'm
0: predicting more bad jokes from me. Me too.
1: All right. (laughs) Shall we continue with the list of yeah. what's trending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right.
0: So we are going back and forth. There's to the going to be. I disagree with your prediction. I, of course, agree with mine. Right.
1: Um. Okay. Fine. Uh, continued questioning uh, the return on the investment of higher education altogether. There is a uh, the confidence in there being a return on that investment is continuing to decline. Uh, So as such, um, consumers of higher education are going to be employing, hopefully, uh, stricter due diligence when linking their education with career paths. And there's going to be more of a focus of, you know, am I going to be able to pay this huge nut back? Because this is also with the backdrop of the college costs continuing to rise. There is no connection with inflation or um, the fact that there is a questioning as to these continually escalating college costs with whether there's going to be a return on that investment. The questioning of this is coming much more to the foreground and um, colleges are going to have to be answerable to this in, in coming years.
0: To that, I say absolutely not <laughs> Humans are humans. We are great at making all sorts of decisions that are not rational. You just gave a very, ra- so you're, the problem with you is you're very rational and commonsensical. So, um, so I can overlook that fault because you're cute, um, especially in your little outfit. But um, we see people make all sorts of decisions that are in complete opposition of, of what you just said. They make decisions to send their kids to really super expensive schools Even though there is no obvious return on investment, and even though we discuss the lack of return on investment with them, I still think that people will do whatever they can to send their kids to college based on emotional reasons, not on rational reasons. I wish, in a a vacuum, I wish uh, what you're saying was was going to be more of a trend, but my prediction is that is not going to happen this year.
1: I'm not saying this is going to necessarily be a landsliding trend, however, I think that. The question altogether is continuing to be raised.
0: Clearly, Pearl lobbying for vice presidential um, status oh, yeah. for, uh, for the Republican yes. thing with that waffling. It's disgusting. Good.
1: Next trend.
0: Prediction. These are predictions.
1: Next prediction internships <clears throat> and apprenticeship opportunities. Um, again, uh circling back to the return on the investment, I think there is going to be a continued emphasis and questioning of the schools as to, am I going to be able to get a job from this experience and looking to the colleges to provide that path? And to that end, I think there's going to be increasing opportunities at universities uh, to respond to this demand between uh, the link between education and careers. Uh, I to that so. end, I will actually give you a statistic. Hmm? Whoa,
0: whoa,
1: whoa. All right. Crazy. Uh, the number of apprentices in both the public and the private sectors have has risen approximately 64% since 2012. So it's on the rise. Wait, who's an uh,
0: apprentice? Like the sorcerer's apprentice?
1: <laughs> the number of people who participate in internships and apprenticeships.
0: You know, anyone who did an apprenticeship? What is an apprentice? What's the difference? I don't know, but I
1: immediately think of like a blacksmith <laughs> with like hammering it out like a horse's shoe.
0: I don't think color has anything to do with it. Sh- what? I don't think someone's color has anything to do with their smithing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But I don't um, know the difference between an apprentice and an intern.
1: Well, I know there was a show called The Apprentice that, uh, uh, and um, yeah.
0: And there's a movie called The, uh, the Intern.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we
0: just resolved the whole All round. right. Yeah. This is why you tuned in um, um, for these cutting-edge predictions. So, so what's the actual prediction? There's going to be more of that?
1: There's going to be more. Right. Like there are colleges, for example, Northeastern and Drexel. These are schools that have organized co-op programs or programs that really integrate the college Experience with the working experience and gives students a real practical experience in the workforce in an area that they're interested in, as a you know as a pathway to the career that they're embarking on.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope that happens. Um, you know, there's there's all these statistics every year about how it's a, it's a shockingly high percentage, like over ninety percent of employers say that um, kids graduating college are woefully unprepared. Yeah. So colleges understand this, but you know I don't know how. how much they can do really help, but I hope you're right. God bless you. You're doing God's work.
1: Yes. Okay, next next prediction. <clears throat> the AI boom is going to continue. It's here to stay. Wow. Um so predicting continued use of AI and in altogether coming into the forefront of educational tools, uh be it AI, Chat GPT, they're gonna integrate AI into webinars. classrooms and uh, coursework. And I I We'll go on record, not, I'm not on the bandwagon just yet. I've used no AI here tonight. Did you? OMG. Can
0: you tell me? When were
1: you we going to tell me? Can you tell me? <laughs> All right. No, this is, this is like organic. This is me and my, my efforts. This is the fruit of my labor. Um, Very fruitful. I think there's going to be, right, more um, work and committees at, on the, uh, at the academic level for establishing Guidelines for appropriate use of uh, AI, et cetera, and these types of educational tools <clears throat> is going to be uh, ever trying to find that striking that balance between its use and its misuse.
0: Let me pick up on um, my AI thoughts, if, you, if, you, if I may.
1: Yeah, hear.
0: So, um, you know, a lot, a lot of colleges have no idea what the hell to do with it, um, but it is uh, obviously it's not just a trend, it's actually a real thing and um, admissions officers, you know, there's all these um, discussions and panels and articles written about, um, you know, the, the the college essays, how they're being um, over overdone by artificial intelligence. <coughs> I think what, what we're looking at is um, ChatGPT and all these other, you know, derivative, um, uh, whatever they call it, large language model type um, artificial intelligence tools, they're, they're definitely here to stay. The question is, um, whether or, or how they're going to be permitted to be used. So my guess, my prediction is that that it, going be, it's going to be acceptable. Uh, you can't stop it. But um, there's going to be other ways to get at um, learning about students and what they're bringing to the table when they apply to college. So, so first of all, there are programs to ferret um, out plagiarism and stuff, which is not really an application thing, but it's a, an in-college thing. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be more of that. I think there's an, an acknowledgement that you can use chat GPT, but then you're, you're really um, in order to make it into a good um, <clears throat> paper worth being presented. It's really got to be more about your editing or prompting of of the chat GPT in order to get a good result. So the, the first drafts are certainly, you know, done okay right now with, with, with uh, artificial intelligence. But I think um, it, at least as of now, it's going to change, but as of now, those are, ju- those should just be considered drafts. And I think a lot of, um, kids should be made aware of that. They need to still do some work, a lot of work af- afterward. But in terms of the, in terms of how they're used, how AI is used in, in um, uh, this process of getting into college and paying for college, you know, there's all kinds of algorithms that are um, being deployed to figure out the likelihood of um, whether, if you admit someone, whether they're going to actually show up. There are algorithms that are, uh, have, have been developed and will continue to be honed to scan applications. So everyone should, who's applying to college in the next couple of years needs to be aware of this and and I wouldn't say necessarily tailor their candidacies for college toward these algorithms. But for example, um, one, algor- one factor that I think is fairly easy for an algorithm to pick up is how interested a, a child is or a student is. a particular college as demonstrated by showing up at their social media and you know following them showing up at their um, web pages and what pages they actually click on and their online presentations and and things like that i think that's going to be more important than ever um, in terms of determining uh, whether if a college admits that student the likelihood that they will actually show up which is you know super important so understanding that's how the game works is going to be pretty important i think for um, for applicants to help them gain you know, the the system and improve their odds of, of getting in, and then the, you know, there's always talk. I don't think it's going to happen this year at all, but there's always talk about um, doing away with the essays altogether, the uh, admissions essays, because they are, you know, highly polished. I think at one end, and in other cases, they sound like a, a Pulitzer Prize winning author uh, wrote them. So instead, they may go to other means of Extracting, you know, that type of information they were hoping for, which is a, a kid's voice and a personality and all that. So there might be like video interviews, short ones, just like you know, our daughter, to get it
1: to authenticity. Yeah,
0: like like our daughter just went through rush up in up at college, and I guess the first round was was video yeah. stuff, where you answer a bunch of questions, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so that's already being used in, in certain contexts. Uh, a lot of people are suggesting that that might be done in the in the admissions context. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with. Um, you know, maybe being asked to write a time, you know, in, in, under a timed prompt condition, almost like a okay. standardized test. Uh, turning in work that you've previously done in high school—that's been something that a few colleges have, have used over the years. That you might 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 see some more of that. Um, uh, allowing recommenders to upload their thoughts either uh, by, by audio or audio and bit, uh, video, uh, you know, to to give more color and background on applicants. So. There's going to be a lot of changes. I think yeah. that's that's, on, that's going to happen this year, but, but slowly.
1: Yep. Two more comments on AI and the trends. Um, because of the trend of the increased use of AI, not only in admissions in college and in every area of life, but that's going to affect what future employers are looking for from their college applicants in terms of those with AI experience and knowledge. And then of course, what that leads to is more institutions then providing the substantive coursework um, and undergraduate and graduate degrees in machine learning, big data, and AI. Uh, So we can expect sort of in the same vein as, you know, once the Department of Homeland Security was created after, you know, 9-11, there were colleges offering Background, you know, the, the degrees in that type of security. Um, so, too, with the birth of AI, there's going to be not only sub- substantive coursework, people going into teaching, for example, will need the skills to learn the appropriate applications of AI in the education fields for tailoring personalized learning plans, et cetera, and so forth, as a practical positive application of AI, for example, that underlying coursework in both undergraduate and graduate institutions will be offered, and that's gonna continue to trend. Okay, next, are uh, we done with a, uh, AI yeah. for now? Yep. Okay.
0: Done with Artie, artificial intelligence. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> next continuing trend is prioritizing mental health on college campuses. Uh, due to, um, unfortunately, rates of increased anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideations on college campuses has never been higher. Counseling centers across the board are overwhelmed, and students are waiting sometimes weeks, if not months, uh, for appointments. Um, So this is a rampant problem. There is ever... whether they're actually prioritizing it or being forced into prioritizing it because of the statistics here, um, colleges are increasing their attempting to increase their priority here with mental health.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes, you agree? Continue. Nothing to say. Yeah, nothing okay, like... next. Well, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs and policies. Ooh, controversial. DEI programs are, I'm predicting they're going to continue to get politicized, okay? Wow. Wow, I'm really going on <laughs> a limb here. I didn't even need the hat for that one. Uh, we can expect more legal challenges to race conscious considerations in awarding of financial aid and admissions practice and other admissions practices now that the Supreme Court has. Come down banning the practice of uh, affirmative action at colleges
0: what uh, so I think the you know on the admission side has been talked about to death but what about on the financial aid side like how, how do you think uh, race factors into financial aid or how can it
1: um, what do you mean
0: well you, you mentioned financial Well, aid.
1: on the on the financial aid forms now they are affirmatively asking you to indicate what race you are and that is new to the financial aid form go. so
0: that's not that is not what the Supreme Court case was about. So that's very right. interesting.
1: That right, that's true. But that is new to the financial aid forms. Um I am so, also mm-hmm.
0: possible prediction that there will be some legal discussion about that?
1: Yeah I'm I'm expecting I'm predicting
0: <clears throat> that's gonna be a hard one.
1: legal challenges altogether. I'm also expecting right of creative workarounds if you will to the Supreme Court striking down schools um well, let me, use of affirmative action. I get back to the finish late thing. So, yeah. so
0: th- th- I think that's a hard one to um, litigate because you have to show damages, right? You have to, you have to some, somehow show, like in the affirmative action cases with Harvard and UNC Chapel Hill, they were able to say, like, look, this kid had great grades and great scores, at the top of his class, but he didn't get in, whereas other kids who looked different visually, you know, did get in, right? And that was, you know, basically the, the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not aware of any um, percolating. Um, yet uh, type of case that would say something like, well, you know, I'm black, I didn't get as much money, or I got, uh, I'm, I'm white, I didn't get as much money as a black guy, but I have the same, you know, uh, income and same savings on that I don't know how you can prove that. But it is interesting that they ask about that.
1: Yes, you doesn't can mean school, select. Doesn't mean that the college
0: download that too, that there's a nuance there. Like even, even I'm this. I'm gonna give an analogy here. Well, I was just, just, let me just say this. Then you can analogize away. Uh, on, on the college applications this year, there, on the Common App, there were questions about race and ethnicity, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. apparently colleges didn't download that information. They were still asked about, I guess, for you know monitoring purposes. A little skeptical, but um, training purposes. But I'm wondering, yeah, and recording. <laughs> we're
1: recording this just <laughs> for, for training purposes. <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm wondering if, if that something like that is you know the the equivalent that's going on in financial aid. I just don't see how there can be lawsuits yet without proving damages.
1: I don't. I, I don't know if there are any. They would again, in a similar vein as to the affirmative action case, they would have to get the underlying work product of these institutions and in how they make yeah. these decisions, the yep. and compare those statistics. I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm predicting creative workarounds to the Supreme Court striking down the affirmative, the use of affirmative action, or the explicit use of affirmative action. Um, For example, examples of workarounds are maintaining the test free and test optional. This is another prediction. They're going to maintain test optional or test free um, admissions at schools because if that is just taken off the table's consideration, it doesn't box you in Um, to certain admissions statistics. It's it's an example of a workaround to the Supreme Court decision. And the other uh, such workaround is many institutions are doing away with legacy admissions to even the playing field more. So we're predicting a uh, lessening of the legacy factor being helpful for admissions. Anything to say on any of that? You want me to continue to continue with my list? Okay. Uh, budget woes are going to continue at the college level because even though they are increasing the price they are charging you every year, lo and behold, they are schools across the board are finding themselves in very uh, tight financial straits. So too, um, we can expect a lot of this or lots some handful as we've seen trending already smaller failing liberal arts institutions that are being forced to or either being acquired by bigger institutions or emerging you know together uh, with other small institutions in order to stay afloat. Um, Also this year and Remains to be seen. There's been a lot of private donor rebellions uh, like those suffered at the end of 2023 by some institutions like University of Pennsylvania.
0: Controversial. Third reel, pearl. Don't don't go there.
1: Not controversial for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, that's a bummer, right? Anyway, um,
0: there are a lot of colleges out there that probably shouldn't be in business.
1: So expecting more. institutions in order to remedy this uh, budget woe. Um, Expecting a lot of bridge programs, uh, maybe community colleges, working with bigger institutions to have a matriculation program uh, as a way to increase their Um, enrollments. There'll be an increase, of course, in uh, remote and hybrid learning as a way to address the budget Issue. There'll be a continued use of hybrid or fully remote uh, synchronous and asynchronous learning opportunities to maximum income potential. You can service more students this way at uh, the same cost, greater profitability to the institution. Um, We will also see, resulting in part from what we saw this past year, governments increasing involvement in colleges altogether. As a result of this past year's issues of anti-Semitism on college campuses, uh, some schools and the schools, uh, at times, often reprehensible and unsatisfactory response, there's going to be a lot more legislative oversight, especially in cases where there is public funding of these institutions.
0: Well, that'll be interesting because it's a you know it's a tough thing to when it becomes a First Amendment issue. But so you those, still
1: can't scream fire in a movie theater, you know. That's
0: true. Any other predictions?
1: <laughs> I'm predicting that this is going to trigger me. Let's see.
0: You no, know you're like pre-triggered from the moment you wake up at like three in the morning. True. Anything else? Yeah. Any other predictions?
1: Uh, nope. All right. That's what. I have uh, some, o- some, some.
0: Some overlap here, nice. but I appreciate those. Those were those were good. Thanks. All right, I'm just going to rack off a few from my tarot cards here. Uh, I'm predicting that this year it's going to be the first year, meaning 24, 25, where we actually see a $100,000 uh, cost of attendance. We've been inching toward it in the 80s and 90s in terms of the published cost of attendance that colleges put out there. But I, I'm going to I'm going to call it that this year is the first year we're going to see. Um, it over some some schools over a hundred thousand dollars. We we know that some schools cost more than a hundred thousand dollars. They haven't published that yet. And when one does, then all the others are going to uh, follow suit. And mostly schools like Columbia, uh, you know, the the elite schools. But it's also going to be schools that are you know not Ivy. They're like a, a, ne- a next step down pr- a private school. So that is a um, a dire prediction, but it's going to happen. Um, offsetting that somewhat will be an increased. Increase in the tuition discount rate every year. The National Association of Collegiate Business Officers tracks the average discount rate published by, um, uh, I guess, set by every college, and it's currently over 56 percent, and it goes up every year. So colleges play this game; they raise prices, but they raise the discounts. A few have opted out of that game, but for the most part, that, that's how it works. But um, so so that may offset some of the, you know, some of the increase. Okay. Application inflation. I'm going to project again, not just from this year as we're seeing, but also next year in another ridiculous year in terms of how many applications go in. It's not that we have more kids applying, we have more applications going in thanks to the common application, thanks to test optional policies. Uh, It it just makes it harder for admissions officers to get through. So the trickle down is that there's there's a lot more deferrals. If you apply early action, they may not even read your application until March because they're so busy. They're so inundated. The average admissions officer reviews over a thousand applications a year. Um, we've got a guy Nick who, who works for us who's actually just got promoted to another college. He's director of admissions now. But when he was at Manhattan College, he, he read something like 2,500 applications a year. So it's 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 a lot, and that is what one source of the uh, of the delays. Applications are up since. 2019, the 2019-2020 um, uh, cycle, which was four years ago, up 65, percent 65 since then, and the total number of kids graduating high school is slightly less. So um, that's my prediction there. Um, college closures because of the financial pressures that Pearl was saying, I'm going to predict that they won't be there won't be so many. Be, um, and I'm making this prediction based on extremely unscientific. Um, opinion, because we've been talking about this like for three years that colleges are going to like you know shut their doors left and right and they, right. they haven't. And but the reason yeah,
1: this is like a, a trickle, but it's not yeah, some massive thing true. yet,
0: right? It's not some bubble um that you know it, right it, it should happen. But
1: I we know. are now at a higher interest rate than we were a year ago. You know, we're, we're you're really
0: married to your prediction. I'm I'm just reading the tea leaves. I don't have any emotion. I need this. to be right. Yeah, I don't have any dog in this race so uh, i I what happens is these, they, the colleges will go on these you know massive um fundraising campaigns from their alumni. um a lot of the um, a lot of the research institutions or the prestigious schools they they get a ton of grants from the federal government. um they raise tuition. that's probably you know third or fourth on the on the hit list of how they raise money so I'm, i you don't think, think there's going to be i think they questions. sit around
1: in a boardroom and they scratch their heads and they go hey let's just increase tuition again this year that's yeah, a man. great idea Yay. Golf, 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 golf.
0: well what what they call that is growing their way out of the problem <laughs> so yeah, but they, they do it
1: successfully because it's totally unfettered
0: well it's, it's not it's by the way it's not just raising tuition it's also expanding their programs so so that's why you see like a lot of these um bullshit part of my french programs like you know sports marketing like you know, it's, it's, that it's, probably hurt it's, a lot. I, I know, but but it's it's a it's a exciting sounding field. But uh, you know, if you want to be in sports marketing or sports management or something, you don't need a sports marketing degree, right? If you if you went to Harvard, there's a lot of guys in the, from the Ivies who are in that, you know, you know working for, whatever, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, you know, uh, all professional sports leagues. They don't have sports marketing degrees, but but colleges that are not the elite schools understand that that's something that's going to attract um, kids. To, to you know to them right. so they grow their way out the problem is they're not very good at managing their own budgets so they may get more students but they also hire uh, more staff or admin, right. more dei people that that's mm. a big one that that college spend a ton of money on um you know one of our kids is at michigan they have something well a year ago they had 97 dei officers i'm sure they have more now so uh i don't know you know we we're small business owners we don't know you know, like how to run a big business, but that just seems like a lot. Our
1: DEI department is quite small.
0: Yeah. Is that you or is that me? Because <laughs> you're smaller. <laughs> you're a lot smaller. Um, all right, I had the prediction that um, University of Michigan is going to see an uptick in applications. We covered that, the Flutie effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that um, in terms of essay writing, chat GPT will have a, um, <coughs> excuse me, will have a, an effect of the output of kids' essays, but nowhere near as much of an effect as moms do on, ah! on the college essays. What? I had a, I had so many moms this year step in and, I, I, and guys it is the moms. I you guys have dads. Very rarely dads. Um I understand we four kids. I understand the impulse of wanting to step in and help your child with this process you really understand what we want with one of our kids you are you are <laughs> I'm, I'm calling you out turban and all um you know we have three kids in college right now and you you went over the top helping one of our kids not by our client standards but by our standards mm-hmm. and it didn't really work out correct and um i think that's the thing it's like when, when you when you do that what you're doing is sending a message
1: that's true that
0: you can't do this yourself yeah mommy's always going to help you um and, and, and just the, the bigger picture is when you prop your kids up with tutoring and this and that, all, all these special things, you know, you, you argue with the teacher about grades and all that.
1: Imposter syndrome.
0: They, they develop, right, exactly. They feel like deep down, even though they may not be able to articulate it and you may not see any visible signs of this, they feel like they can't it's do this without it. It's a byproduct of
1: it. It's true.
0: So it comes from a good place yeah. um, in terms of wanting to help your kids. We all want to do that, but it actually has the, the opposite effect. Yep. So it's not just essays, but um, I, I I do, feel like the, the the mom gpt is is uh, much much more widespread yeah. than any type of artificial intelligence That's so so
1: point. public service
0: announcement yeah. if you're a mom and I, this is look if you i'm not trying to offend any of our clients who think that i'm talking directly to them i promise you i'm not we have enough clients yeah. this year and over the years where i could be talking to literally 50 people yeah. okay um the only person that saying that was pearl i'm gonna have to deal with that later <laughs> um Okay, I kind of mentioned this already. My prediction is that the bad uh, PR that that Harvard is experiencing will have zero effect on it long term. Just the same way I predicted to you privately about 25 times that the whole Bud Light thing was going to be not a problem at all. And now they have football commercials with Peyton Manning and Emmett Smith throwing out beers to the guys at the bar. What could be more manly than that?
1: I want to check the books.
0: Okay, you check the At books. At the end
1: of all these quarters you check and the see books. how they do.
0: And I am going to put my f- hands up for <clears throat> a Peyton Manning reception.
1: I think it, I'm, I'm still guessing it was a financially
0: regrettable choice. Yeah, it was, but they but it, it came, they came back. By the way, the funniest thing, we talked about this the other night, mm-hmm. was so they so they dropped from number one and what replaced them was like Modelo as the number one beer, you know, because of all this bat, an, anti, uh, whatever, trans, well, whatever backlash way, blah, blah, blah. and then of right. course you know w- what most people don't understand but is uh they're, they're all owned by the same company
1: also often true in uh zealous with causes not really understanding
0: yeah. the uh, actual so cause. anyway so my prediction back to the college thing is yes. uh harvard will be just fine ladies and gentlemen and i am no um champion of harvard uh okay i think all this um backlash against the woke curricula and Critical um, race theory and, and things like that. I think it's a healthy thing to be discussing this in terms of um, uh, fostering open discussions. But I don't think that there's going to be any real change. I think that in general, the people who go to, go into academia are professors who t- who overwhelmingly, like ninety something percent, all you know, will vote um, Democratic. Mm-hmm. I think they are still going to be uh, teaching and maybe galvanized by the backlash that they're experiencing. so I don't think that is there's going to be any major change in, in curricula or anything that but I do like and I do appreciate how there is more discussion about it and um, you know unfortunately it's a very you know uh, energized uh, simmering to boiling over discussion but I get a sense that um, this is just a gut feeling maybe maybe it's something I want to happen I get the, I get the feeling it's kind of ratcheted down a mm. little bit at some schools. I'm seeing more stories about there being more open discussion or, or um, the administration trying to uh, codify um, fostering these open discussions. I think it's happening slowly to, to allow the free exchange of ideas, which is the whole point of, of a university, but I don't think it's going to work. She does this to me all the time.
1: Free, change, free exchange of ideas. In are,
0: college, uh, right? I don't think I don't think <laughs> it's I think I think there, it's good that this is all being discussed because that is going to improve things. It's not going to fix things. That's why I said there's not going to be much of a change.
1: Yeah, agree. That was
0: a great guffaw, great stage laugh. She's really brilliant tonight. Thank you. Um. All right. Post uh, the Supreme Court decision of affirmative action that Pearl mentioned earlier. I think that instead of the death of diversity at colleges, I think it's all gonna be be about the same. And and one of the reasons is that um, colleges have, like like you were saying, these workarounds that are actually legal. It was actually um, sort of alluded to by um, Justice Roberts' opinion, where he said something like, nothing in this opinion today about outlawing affirmative action takes away from colleges asking kids to write about their challenges or their obstacles that have to do with anything in their lives, including their, uh, their cultural backgrounds and supplemental essays. So like magic, all these colleges, I mean, you know, before the decision, there was a lot of colleges that asked questions about what community are you from, um, what, are you, you know, what values did you grow up with, etc. Now they all ask that pretty much. So uh, so I, that's why I think that there's when the dust settles the, the number or the percentages are going to look relatively the same. That's That's my bold prediction there. Um, my other prediction was that we talked about already was these substitutes for uh, for college essays. There's not going to be uh, a, a, a huge overhaul of colleges no longer asking for essays, but because of artificial intelligence because of you know, frankly, firms like us who help kids write their, you know, edit and write their essays, um, we don't write them for them. We always make sure, you know, there's, no. a, there's a fine line between <clears throat> editing and and complete over completely overhauling someone's essay. Yep. Um, and uh, it's very easy. To,
1: like ChatGPT, striking a balance of appropriateness and inappropriate.
0: And it doesn't work anyway because admissions officers understand that. Yeah. They just roll their eyes. But... Um, uh, that's that's why there. That's one of the reasons why there might be some essay substitutes like short video interviews and things like that. Um, this is gonna be my last one, and this is I'm gonna say the um, the narrow prediction, but I think I think it applies to a bigger picture. So we've seen some weird things that or things that appear weird with highly selective majors. So I was reading an article. Um, I think it was two days ago about a that mentioned a kid who applied for computer science at the University of Texas Austin you know the two hardest majors are computer science and engineering so if if you're applying there you're you're in a pool of really super high achieving kids so the kid doesn't get in there um, they got it to Stanford wow right and and that you know the point of the article is that this is so crazy it's such an anomaly but but it's really not and um, from my, from where i you know sit and we we work with you know hundred or so um, kids on their applications and essays and all that um, is that I think that if you are going for a field like that, you know, a specialized field, what's going to separate you from everyone else who has the same grades and same scores is how deep your application is. So long before you decide to pursue engineering, and I'm talking 10th grade, that's the time, maybe ninth grade, but, but certainly by 10th grade, that's the time to start deepening your experiences. And that could be entering contests. It could be doing internships. It could be um, working on research, that you know, a legitimate research um, uh, project with a professor. It could be taking extra courses, either uh, it doesn't have to be at a college, it could be you know, so many online courses that are available right now for either free or, or very, very cheap. But you've got to pay attention to that stuff much, much earlier than you might think. And you'll never hear this from your your, um, your guidance counselor because for the most part, they're overwhelmed. There might be several hundred kids that they have to deal with, and most of them don't even meet with their students until 11th grade. But if you have a student who is gunning for you know a, a super high um, t- t- type of school and a really competitive major, it, it's way more about your and just your grades and your scores. It's about this, what I call a thread of continuity that goes through your application and connects everything from your whole body of work, your extracurriculars, your academics, everything else, you know, your recommendations, everything else on, on your application. So it's not really, um, that, 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 this, this comment is not really tied only to going after computer science major or an engineering major, it's really what everyone should be thinking about doing um, earlier than they might normally think about And those are my predictions.
1: Nice predictions.
0: Yes. Um, Any any questions or comments, reactions, put them in chat. Um, I am going to attempt because Pearl usually does this, but I don't think we set this up. Um, If you are interested in talking to us, take a few appointments, been cutting back on those lately. Um, You can do a free college strategy session. We usually block out like 12. I think we can do that. I'm positive. Um, any, anything in the chat or comments from anybody? A
1: couple of different comments. Carolyn loves mom chat GPT.
0: Uh Uh Mom GPT. Let's
1: see. Um, Heather letting us know <clears throat> excuse me UMass Amherst received 50,000 plus early action applications for 5300 spots a state school yikes
0: yeah and, and there's no way they were able to review all those in time to to respond that's the thing about early action okay. you know the, the whole premise of early action at least ostensibly you know according to the colleges is if you apply early you find out early all the stress of the whole cycle will be you know alleviated But what happens is you apply early, you get deferred, and then you're right. So it's worse, I think. And then you don't find out till April.
1: Right. And, right. Okay. Um, Gary, unfortunately, um, letting us, reminding us that the mental health problem actually starts with the stress we put on the kids while they're in high school.
0: Gary also says we're 100% accurate every year with our our predictions. Yeah. I think he's got memory issues, maybe earlier <laughs> Alzheimer's or something. I hope hopefully he's okay. Uh-huh. Gary praying for you.
1: Um what else?
0: Uh, Brian told us about uh Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers. That was, Ooh, that was, big that was predictable. News. Yeah. Yeah. What about Belichick?
1: Yeah, and what about um JJ McCarthy? Do we know the who the Yeah.
0: So funny that you actually know who that is.
1: I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, of course. All right, uh, Heather. Where is the money going? The college money. Yeah, a lot. A lot mm. of the money that the, the tuition goes to. That's salaries. Goes to salaries, but not not necessarily professors, because they hire a lot of adjuncts who are cheaper. It's admin. You know, a lot of it goes to to admin. I mean, it's expensive um, to run a university. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of it goes to staff. Um, and then, of course, there's all the physical plant and some of the stuff that makes uh, headlines. You know, for and people like me, sees on this is like all the lazy river and all the you know all that. Junk, but that's yeah. I don't think that's as, as nearly as much as the salaries for the admin. Um, yeah, Heather told us about UMass Amherst. you very much. Uh, have has UMass early action results come out? I haven't seen any yet. Oh, Somebody saying maybe tonight. tonight
1: which usually is yeah, sevenish.
0: Got it. Uh, Natasha giving us a real, <laughs> a real. Uh, was he waitlisted or deferred? Because there there is a difference. Um. Try for business. Okay. Uh, Eisenhower extremely competitive. Yep. Okay, guys. Well, I think that was another successful, um, without any any type of uh, follow up next year, accountability free predictions <laughs> webinar. Yeah. Well, I, think that, I think these are some good ones. I think I think they're actually.
1: Um, and they're different than last year. I actually looked back at last year's prediction because i just wanted to see what's changed or what's happened or what didn't happen or what's happening good but there were the point was there there were new things and and, or things that we you know were just mentioning are much more in the forefront of things now okay these trends are real yeah
0: yeah all right cool all right well uh hopefully you uh enjoyed your time with us so we really appreciate it because everyone is so busy and there's plenty of other things to do
1: and we get to wear these fun costumes
0: yeah we put them away for another year
1: yeah
0: stowed away in some closet yeah. is yours clean by the way your
1: head yeah yeah all
0: right uh so thanks a lot and we will come back uh, in the near future without costumes with uh with more Webinar information uh, for you as we see fit. I guess we'll be updating what's happening with financial aid pretty yeah. soon. We'll be updating uh, college admissions stuff. Uh, we've got some um, some stuff planned to help 11th graders coming up. So there's there's a lot we have on the docket, and as long as you're on our email list, uh, you'll hear about it. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Have a great night, Madam Pearl.
1: Bye.